Bloke's Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Bloke's Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Bloke's Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Episode 331 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you for listening. We uh, love being in your ear holes at this time of the day, whatever time of day it is for you. Trevor along with you from EFTM.com. Stephen Frenick from techguide.com.au. A Friday night together, my friend. How are you? Very good to be in your ear holes as well. Don't want to be in any other holes. Oh, we're, we're like a cotton bud. We're in your ear holes. Cotton buds. <laughs> Friday night, what else would you want to be doing on a Friday night? Let me guess, watching movies, playing Call of Duty, recording with Trevor. Let's just leave it there and bring people the latest news in technology for the week here on Two Bikes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Hisense. Well, Stephen, um, we are, in fact, we're both going to Rome next week with Samsung, which is interesting because they're not announcing a product. The product announcement will come in in Barcelona at the end of the month. We'll both be there as well. Um, and this is a return to Barcelona for Samsung. Um, they've been there every year, but last year yeah. they, they didn't announce the Samsung Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus Air. They chose to do that just a, a month later in New York. Um, so this is interesting. They're coming back to Mobile World Congress. They're coming back with a device because we know this because the official invites come out. It's got a number nine in it. It's going to be yeah. the S9. It's got a very clear focus on camera and there's a bunch of leaks Photos, specs, pretty much everything. Um, what are your thoughts? Because I think first and foremost about coming back to MWC, I think it's interesting because I felt like last year was a good year to miss because of the hype around Nokia and BlackBerry and things. Yeah. I think they either knew that strategically or they or they were lucky. But I think this year there isn't a lot of hype that we know yet about anyone else, so they could actually just steal the show like they always used to. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that this time last year they were still the dust was still settling from Note Seven, and that was kind of still being resolved. So naturally, they they thought they'd take that year off. But no, no, I think you're right. This year, uh, it, it is sort of they got their mojo back again. The the the, the S eight was a success. The Note eight. They've hit it out of the park. Mm. S nine, I think they've got their confidence back. They've got their swing back. So they're uh, they're 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 naturally going to be over- taking over MWC. I think a lot of the other companies last year thought, "Wow, this is a bit of the bit of clear air for us to really, like you said, BlackBerry, Nokia, really style the show." This year, I think obviously Samsung is going to be the star of the show. Uh, I can't imagine other brands. I, I don't know. I understand Huawei. There may be a launch later than they might be doing. A, they might be this year's Samsung, where they're yes. going to delay a launch. They're going to have something maybe a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just trying to think. Apple won't be there, so it's it's again. There's even where the LG aren't announcing a phone this year, but you know, I heard that too. Yeah. Well, they announced the V30 just in at IFA. Yeah. So that was only what six months, not even six months ago. Well, the G is the normally well, the, the one that comes out. The, the G7. G7. Yeah. You would expect, but I just yeah, it's interesting. We know Alcatel is going to have their huge range of uh, large screen phones. Yeah. You know, you're right. There's there's going to be other devices, but I do feel like Samsung's going to dominate. There'll be Sony. There'll be a lot of phones. But I think the Samsung is going to dominate the headlines. So Sony, I think Sony have got something up their sleeve. I really got a great feeling about Xperia this year. Mm. They were they was kind of the big brand that didn't go the eighteen by nine just yet. 
Mm. And we all know Sony, they make a great phone. The Xperia phones have got high quality, great, great cameras, cameras, waterproof. They're one of the first waterproof cameras. So you can imagine what's going on there with their brilliant screens. Their screens have always been beautiful. An 18 by 9 Xperia, I'm hoping that we see it at MWC. But the, the rumours, though, have been flying about the S9 and the leaked images looks kind of the same as the S8. To me, there seems to be, and I've got a picture of it, one of the leaked images. To me, there there's are seems at today if you want to have a look at it with us. Yeah, there, there is, uh, it appears to be, from the images, more cameras. Uh, too, I think it's like dual cameras. Dual front sensors. cameras, potentially, yeah. is what I think we're looking at. And, and it's interesting, as a lot well. of sensors, things in there. But I think you're going to find, you know, iris scanner. There's light sensors. I think there's two. There's dual front cameras, and they're quite widely separated. Yeah. And I think there's something in that for depth perception, different things. Like yeah. I think those are the cameras yeah, there, and they're, they're quite wide apart. So they're on either side of the of the front speaker, which is a very you know. There's a lot of 3D potential in that reading and seeing in 3D. Yeah. I think there might be something about that. Maybe some AR possibly. Um, well, yeah. So, yeah. but to be honest, the, the phone looks the same. Yeah. It does, very, very much so. Maybe a slight design tweak in, in just how much of the screen is actually taken I feel like the, the front face. I feel like there's much more screen at the bottom. I think the, yes. the screen has come further to the bottom. Definitely. And, and I think, too, they're going to also add, if you can believe these leaked images, the S9 Plus, my understanding is the S9 Plus will have the dual lens camera. Whereas the S9 will have the single, single. lens on the back but and fingerprint scanner the underneath the cameras Ooh. instead of beside, which is, which is user yes. response, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was probably one of the things that bothered, that, that annoyed people yeah. with having... Know whether the whether to put your finger on the left or the right, and whether you were putting your finger on the camera or the or the lens. Putting your finger on the lens as well. So, sanity's prevailed there. But uh, the camera, I suppose we they've they've even specifically mentioned in the invite the camera, and they've got the word reimagined inside the number nine. So one can imagine that the camera is going to really take a be be much improved. I think we need to talk about the the wording there, the camera reimagined, and we're over analysing a, a Samsung event like we used to Apple ones, which is a, you know again a good sign for Samsung. Yeah. But to say the camera reimagined, right now, first and foremost, the Galaxy Note Eight has a phenomenal camera, dual lens too. So if we're talking about reimagining the camera, then it has to be leaps ahead of the Note Eight. Right? It can't just be leaps ahead of the S8. It has to be Absolutely. leaps ahead of the Note 8 as well, yeah. which is why I think there's something in those front cameras to do with 3D recognition. So yeah. to be able to 3D recognise things, facial, you know. And, you mean, but but well, I don't you think... Mean, you mean objects and stuff? Yeah, objects or, like or filming, the mate, the mate filming in that. 3D or something. I don't know. It's you just... Reckon? 3D? 3D's dead. I know, but like, you know, maybe it's the Huawei depth perception stuff, okay. you know. See, the thing that, that a lot... That Samsung, I, th I think, copied with the Note 8 off Apple was the the two times telephoto um, lens. But yeah. Samsung did it better because you've got the the full picture taken at the same time. Yeah. But I think what no one has yet copied is Huawei's wide aperture mode, and it is mm -hmm. the best out of the box smartphone camera feature you can get because you mm -hmm. take a photo, you can de determine the depth and the focus after, after the fact. Yeah, right, That's right. What if yeah. if if Samsung put that into the front, let alone the back camera? Yeah, mate, that's going to be some crazy well, stuff be because they definitely look like lenses to me. Like there are sensors. The other these other holes here look like sensors yeah. to me. But on le left and right side of the device, there are they look like camera lenses. You can see yeah. the circle within the circle, which to me says camera lens. 
So uh, yeah, the uh, on uh, and the other thing I noticed too that the, if the rumours are to be believed that there is going to be more memory on the larger. So the S nine plus is going to have more storage. I think one twenty eight gig versus sixty four on the S nine, yeah. uh, and I think the S nine plus is even going to have more RAM, six gig of RAM versus four. Yeah, which is a smart thing to do, I think, to differentiate the two because before it's been a differentiation basically just in size. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, it does draw a little from Apple's playbook of saying, you know, the 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 Plus phone is always a, a always huge the, leap ahead, right? Well. Yeah. It, it's something very different yeah. and the 10 is a very different phone. Well, so it's like V6, yeah. V8. Yeah. It, Small it, car, larger car. It, it is. So I, I, I don't know whether I'm yet excited. I'm, I think it's interesting, but I, I, I think I'm excited because I'm anticipating something exciting from the camera because of the invitation, and of course we've got to we've got to take into account the as we saw the focus was on Bixby during CES and Google Assistant and just all that mm. in artificial intelligence that smart assistant as well that's going to play a huge part in this as well I think. Yeah, I think so, and we'll be we'll both be in Barcelona at the end of the month. Um, Samsung's event is on the twenty fifth Barcelona time, so around the twenty sixth our time. It's four a.m. on Feb twenty sixth. If you want to set the yeah, alarm. Australian time, well, yeah. don't set the alarm clock. Just wake up in the morning and read techguide.com.au and eftm.com. That'd be the way to go, I reckon. Um, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, the other big product that we're all anticipating has finally had a launch date and also a price. We're talking Apple HomePod, and it's going to be out. It's already available now for pre-order. Orders, as be... Apple now calls them. Have you noticed that? Orders? They call them orders, not pre-orders. Really? Orders? Okay. Pre, pre the release and you're ordering it. How weird is it, right? That's just a stupid nomenclature thing, but okay. <laughs> they, um, yeah, they're, word, they're not using – is it right? Did I say it right? I don't know. Naming convention, essentially. Okay. That they're not saying the words pre-orders. Right. Anyway, it's four ninety nine. Now, firstly, I I'm trying to remember. Maybe I should read back what I what I wrote at WWDC yeah. when it was announced. This was announced in June. We were both at we WWDC and we heard it. And they had a US price announced there, um, three forty nine from memory. And I think I talked about it maybe being six something here in Australia. Well, so I think I'm impressed by the price given the US price. We I think we both speculated. We I think we even said one of us said that if it's under five hundred, it's a it's pretty good if it's especially since it's three forty nine in the US and yeah. three forty nine in the US doesn't include sales tax. That's correct. We include GST, so we're not getting we're getting a pretty the like for like pro in mm. terms of pricing. But um, the emphasis to me in in everything that I've written and everything they've promoted about it, and we we it doesn't come out till this till the 9th of February. Mm. It is, I think, the smarts and the whole Siri bit is going to take a backseat to the music. We, we were lucky enough to have a, a private listening um, to it in at WWDC. Is on, on. Um, and they did at that time um, uh, essentially compare it to other speakers in the market, and it was all about how good it sounded. It was all about how good it sounded, and how good it sounded, and how smart it was in a room. So if it's sitting in the middle of the room, it's amazing. If it's sitting yeah. against a wall, it's amazing. If it's in a bookshelf, it's amazing. So you can, so, can optimize the room, the situation where it might be against a wall or near a bookshelf. It can optimize the space around it to sound good. And how it does that is obviously Apple magic, but <laughs> Apple magic. the well, you know, it's that it's word like they magic. use. Ice magic is pretty good. I'm not, not, I'm not a fan. I'm just a plain Cotty's topping guy. Does don't like the one that goes hard on the on the. No mate, ice don't like it when it goes hard. <laughs> yeah, I like I, it nice I, and soft I like and squishy. Hard, yeah, I like the hard stuff. So you use Cotty's. Cotty's totally Cotty's chocolate topping. It's ice, the only one to have. Ice magic, anyway. But Cotty's is ice magic as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
But just getting back on track here. All right, so yeah. So you're right. I see no reason to believe that, you know, smart speaker is how they're going to sell this thing. They're going to sell this as a bloody good speaker. It will. Like You you can today, with your iPhone, turn lights on and off with your voice, change colour. You you could do that already. But just just think about what Amazon and Google are doing. They're saying, you know, Walsy Matilda and Aussie Facts and all this kind of stuff. I just don't get the sense that's going to be how Apple's going to do it. I think it's all about music, right? So yep. this thing's an amazing speaker. It, you know, it's it's it looks nice. They, I, I think they want to. I think they want to eat more of Sonos's lunch than correct. Amazon's lunch. Yeah, that, that's that's, that's to me what they're going because it, it can be multi-room set up and you can control it with Siri multi-room. But at four ninety nine, yeah, that's Sonos's cost that much. The Sonos Play One doesn't. The play, I know, but the Play Five is like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, but the Play One isn't right. So a Play One or a Bose play Revolve, the big cheaper. Bose Revolve is is cheaper than four hundred. Yeah. Um. So it's still an expensive single standalone speaker. So I I have two concerns for Apple. The first one is that it's going to suffer from Apple Watch problem, which is everyone thinks the Apple Watch is a failure. You talk to random people on the street or commentators of, of yeah. industry analysts and stuff, they go, the Apple Watch is a fart. It's not, mate. It's the best-selling watch in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, and whoever said it was going to sell as many as the iPhone? No one. You did, yeah. you idiot. <laughs> so is this thing meant to sell to every Apple owner? No. But, but is it? Is it though? But it, so is it going to be hobbled by price because it's a lot of money to spend on a speaker? Yeah, but, but I think the customer that it's aimed at, the audiophile, would happily spend that much money. Like, look, Sony sell headphones that are worth $5,000. Great, but uh, the customer that's willing to spend that money has already bought a system. They've already got stuff. So if they've already got a Bose or a Sonos, they're not going to buy this thing. So the the target market is people who are buying cheap speakers like a a UE Mega Boom at $349 or $249 and going, oh, I could get even better. But then they're going to go, I could get two UE Mega Booms and stereo pair them for the price of the So it's a very weird pricing position for the market, I'm not saying it's not worth the money. I'm just saying it's a very weird, yeah. you know, space in the market. Do you think they're doing a bit of an iPhone 10 here and like pricing it premium to say, well, all the new technology kind of warrants this? Like, you know how with the oh, weather it must 10, be. You know, when we saw the 10, the first sort of whoa moment when when we told other people about it was, geez, it's expensive. And mm. when you look at the, what's in the market, you can get cheaper speakers that can do do stuff maybe not play in as good quality like Bose speakers sound fantastic they're cheaper mm. so that is that going to be maybe a problem where they're thinking well, hang on a minute it's um, i've already paid 1800 for an iPhone 10 mm. i'm going to pay 500 for a speaker now yeah so th- i think that's their challenge where the diehard customer they they'll say no problem take my money but the customer that that is tossing up between a Bose or an Amazon Alexa or a HomePod, they may lose that customer to Bose or another customer, another speaker, because this is might be just be out of their price range. And I think that's Apple's problem. Um, they have they got a loyal base of customers who will buy this thing because they're they're flush with cash. Yeah. But will they be able to hit into the speaker market? I'm not sure. Um, we'll have to wait until you know everyone's heard it and and everyone gets a sense of where it sits. My, the biggest thing is you made a point that it's gonna the the Siri the smart stuff is gonna take a backward step. I think that's Apple's challenge. Is you know on February nine when it starts hitting the market. Yeah. Are there idiots out there sitting there and putting Amazon, Google, and HomePod side by side? Because I don't think that's the right thing to do. Or are all these companies ready to jump? Like when Amazon Alexa was announced, you had a Macy, you had Westpac, everyone came out. 
are there companies mm. hanging back? Can't say a word until February the 9th. Yeah. Are there companies waiting in the wings to announce? Apple is a massive company. And I'd say that if Apple rang your doorbell and said, listen, do you want to be part of the HomePod? Of course they're going to accept that. Yeah. So. I'm just thinking: Are we? Is this the calm before the storm in yeah. in, ta- in the smarts department? Because Apple's not going to let anyone say anything until no. they're ready to let them say something. So that's what surprised me when we had the Alexa announcement. Was exactly 35 minutes later, whatever it was, we had seven emails from different companies. Okay, you can say something now. Yeah. Is that going to happen? Wall-to-wall announcements could come. Post February nine, I just can't see Apple being that company that doesn't have the support of. You know, if Domino's are going to make an, an Amazon skill, why the hell wouldn't they make a Siri skill? Well, why haven't they I already though? Maybe because this well, this was announced six seven months ago. They'll they've been waiting. No, but Siri has been open to some developers. I don't think well, it's fully Siri open. But it was open to developers only, I think, not in 2016 is when Siri was the keys. They got the keys so to Siri. What I'm saying is yeah. why, why haven't all those companies already come forward? I don't know. I think because they were probably too busy focused on Google Home and Alexa was, was running in the US. Time will tell, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, February 9, um, we, when is February 9? It's the it's week after. Uh, no, it's next week. Friday. So it's while we're Friday. in. It's, yeah, it's while we're overseas. Away. So yes. we'll have to wait and see. I guess week. what uh, what the response is, and we'll, we'll hear from listeners. If you buy one, if you bought one, if yeah. you've ordered one, we'd love to hear from you. Ziggy Zaggy's the hashtag on Twitter at Stephen Finney at Trevor Long. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, you can see the incredible with the latest ULED TVs from Hisense. The all-new Hisense Series 7 has been updated and it's got features customers will embrace, including depth of rich colours and detailed picture quality. With Hisense ULED, Australian consumers will always have access to the very best in content and picture quality. ULED is a result of internationally patented technology. There's more than 50 patents behind this. It will bring you the best out of your remarkable LCD LED TVs. Key features include Include 4K UHD resolution, HDR plus wide colour gamut and local dimming for a viewing experience that will blow your mind. The stylish ULED Series 7 opens up Netflix to 4K HDR. You can also view Stand, Freeview Plus and YouTube all built in. Using the Hisense interface, customising your TV to your viewing habits has never been easier thanks to the ribbon menu. The Hisense 4K ULED Series 7 TVs come in 50, 55, 65 and a massive 75 inches. See one for yourself today at your local electronics retailer. Hisense, see the incredible. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Stephen, I'm not going to lie. When Nintendo announced the classic SNES entertainment system things over the last two years, yeah. I knew it was exciting. Um, the price was amazing, 99 bucks for a little box that has all the games built in. The nostalgia was was resonating with lots of people. It was exciting yeah. to do, exciting to muck around with. I bought one, played it for yeah. 10 minutes, put it away. It's in, it's in my archives. Yeah. Um Atari did one too, isn't it? Atari's done one as well. Didn't get the attention, but, you know, again, Atari 7, uh, it was pretty cool. I was more an Atari man too. That was pretty good. But I wasn't a Nintendo person, so I didn't – like the games recognised from the names, but I didn't – I wasn't a Nintendo person as a a kid, so I didn't have this lust for it. Mate, when I got the email to say that a Commodore 64 Mini was coming out, I lost my mind, (laughs) okay, because I – 
am a Commodore 64 child. As a young, uh, now I, I, my life is timing wise is based around where I lived at the time. We moved a fair bit okay. as a kid, but yep. I can remember being in year, I think year five in Sydney. Condell Park Primary School. I'm pretty sure that was when we bought a Commodore 64 because I remember getting a TV, a little TV for just the kids, yeah. little tiny, you know, 12 inch little CRT with the with twist dials for vertical hold and horizontal yeah. hold and stuff. And, you know, plug the Commodore 64 into the RF and fire it up and type run and, and off you go. Now, back then, uh, there were some cartridge games. There were some cassette games. Cassette. I had the cassette games. I had it when I was in high school. I was in like year nine or ten. You're an old man. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it was it was the first computer I ever owned. Yep. And I learned basic. You know, very basic, basic. Yep. And you loaded the game into the cassette. And would that would take half an hour to load? Arnie's armchair go, cricket took an hour to load. America's Cup took an hour to load. Yeah, so you just go keep your foot in the back out or watch some TV, and then you go up and think, oh great, because you knew what number the cassette had to get to. Yes, when it was ready to the load. Little timer yeah, would get to zero six counter. three zero six four, and you'd yeah. wait for it to get to three nine seven yeah. because at four oh five it was loaded, right? Cool. Now, you play the game for 20 minutes, get bored, and then you go and kick the footy again. Yeah. It was stupid. Or sometimes it wouldn't load. you got to do it again. Rewind the tape, do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Rewind the tape yeah. and do it again. Yeah. Um, it's just so funny to think back to. And um, <laughs> I, like you, did basic programming as well. I, I wish I still had the cassette, but I had a, a cassette audio tape of, of uh, like a, my Trev's, Trev's mix, you know, the songs of the time. And at really? the end, it had a rocket taking off. It was a... <laughs> And it was a sound effect that I'd programmed on the Commodore 64. Like I'd, I'd, you know, got a book or something and learnt how to program BASIC to make this sound effect. I remember learning it at school. We used to have the Commodore, we used to have the Commodore PET. Remember that computer with the, it was the PET and it had like the white built-in monitor with the green writing on it. And that was the big Commodore. But then when the Commodore 64, I'm thinking, what, I can have this at home? What the hell? So this... This Commodore 64 Mini they've announced. No pricing, March 29, I think, is the date. Um, I've seen pricing. I think it's 179. Oh, is it? JB have got it for pre-order. Okay, I didn't yeah, see it. I, I haven't seen it. It wasn't in the announcement, we'll so I we'll wondered whether it was listed somewhere. Because interesting, I said it, it, won't be in one, it won't be 99, but it, it probably should be 150. The reason it's higher priced than a Nintendo, for example, 64 games built in, we'll talk about that in a second, but... It is also a full Commodore 64 because you can do basic. It's got so, a keyboard, eh? Keyboard. Well, no, the keyboard on it doesn't work. Oh, it's for show, is it? Yeah, it's just for show. You have to okay. you have to have a USB keyboard, plug it in, and then you can you, you can run command line. You can run basic, which is just so awesome, you know, to have an actual Commodore 64 that works. Plus, you can plug in the the, the controller and do things. But you know, the 64 games are built in. They launch immediately. You've got save immediate save. So there's better features than the original Commodore 64, but but honestly, the 64 games, mate, blew my mind because my favourite games that I remember back then, winter games, summer games, California games, and they're all available. Yeah, yeah. Then. Mate, do you remember the barrel jump? With the joystick, the heli rescue games and the other, there was, a, was did you mention a sailing? There was a sailing game. So all the sports games. Uh, Le Mans, they don't, they don't have that. Yeah, but the uh, and, and the, the the joystick, sort of the, the black joystick with the two the red buttons on it, mm. that's that's there as well. It's just like a, a total nostalgia factor, like Back to the Future. Mate, I, I am very excited about this product. Um, I am also excited because it means that I can teach my kids basic Commodore sixty four basic 
and show them Commodore 64 games without having to get the bloody Commodore 64 down out of the roof space. <laughs> you still got yours. Yeah, still, oh, not mine. It's it, it's a great story, I think, actually. But like 10 years ago when I was doing um, Chip for Brains, the radio show with Brian Wilshire on 2GB, um, I mentioned on air, it was like Jackson would have been one year old and someone asked me how I learned about computers and I went, oh, I had a Commodore 64, I learned to play basic programming, stuff like that. And I said I would... I'd, self-taught, in other words. Oh, yeah, I said I'd love for my son to one day be able to do that. And this bloke rings up, I'm pretty sure his name was Graham, Lived at somewhere like um, um, Reesby or something like that. Yeah. Mate, I've got one. You can have it. I said, mate, don't be stupid. I'll pay you for it. He goes, no. Nah. So I ended up raiding the prize cupboard at GB, taking yeah. a bunch of CDs and just going out to see him and he gave it to me. Mate, it's in the it's in the original phone box. Yeah. It's got joysticks. It's got the paddles. It's got a bunch of games. Like it's a mate, and I, I and I've and the yeah. lady who used to live next door to me in the townhouse when we lived in, when digital an analog TV shut down, she asked me to help her with her new TV. So I took she she let me take her old CRT analog oh, TV. So I've got an works. analog TV that could plug it into RF. Yes. I've got the whole kit, mate. Plug it in. I can remember when the uh, floppy disk drive came out for it. Oh, three mate! No, I took a disc. whole weekend's pay packet from the Griffith Go Kart and Leisure yeah. Centre and bought <laughs> the floppy disk drive. Yeah, I got that too, and it was like wow. You mean that the, the game loads in three minutes instead of an hour? Half an hour? Oh, so I then I moved on to the Amiga five hundred after that. Uh-huh. Did you ever have an Amiga? No, I ended up getting my next computer was uh, an I think I got an Amstrad computer, right? And then the next computer after that, I think I got my first Apple computer. So the Amiga five hundred. This is a weird memory lane thing because I have a bad memory, but I remember certain little things. The Amiga five hundred was three and a half inch floppies in the side of the actual machine. I don't know how we found this person, whether it was an ad in the trading post probably back then, but there was a bloke in Cronulla, and I lived on the central coast of New South Wales at the time, and we would send money, I guess, to this guy, and he would send back games. It was torrenting in the in the in the in the early nineties, right? Snail mail because yeah, you'd send them a letter, <laughs> and they'd send you back. Discs, because he would just copy his disc. There was no copyright protection back then, you know, in the way there is now. So they just copy the disc. He had he had two drives, I guess, and he'd copy the disc and he'd send you discs. So So I'd get all the games. Downloading it in thirty seconds, and you have to download it by post in four about five days. Yeah, yeah. And so it's weird. That's back then, hey. That's how it was. It just shows piracy was was right back then as well. We just didn't do it online, and and no one no one knew what piracy was. Online piracy. So it was just I was buying the games as far as I was concerned. Paying for it. Yeah, right. Well, you weren't the pirate. He was the Pirate. Yeah, I was I was feeding him though. <laughs> anyway, the Commodore 64 Mini coming out of the end of March. I look forward to it greatly. Stephen yeah, does too. Awesome. We'll have to we'll have a we'll have to get uh, we'll, we'll get we'll both get one and we'll yeah. have to we'll bring the two joysticks together yes. and we'll we'll play uh, winter games, Absolutely. summer games. Yeah, the winter games actually the real ones start. Barrel. Do you remember barrel jump in the winter games? I do, yes. You had to you had to wiggle the joystick left to right, left to right, yeah. left to right, and and it then and then with, jump up. If your mum came into your bedroom while you're doing that. <laughs> You say, Mum, I'm, I'm playing a game, Mum. I'm playing barrel jump. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. Yeah, playing a, a game. Yeah. Two blokes talking tech. Well, uh, DJI have announced a new drone, Trevor. It's uh, very exciting. They had a, a had a. You're lo- excited about drones? I didn't oh, know that. I love the drones. Yeah. They had an event in. Uh, they had a, they had a big launch event in New York, and they had another event in Sydney. So at Luna Park, they had. Uh, the Crystal Palace show, uh, ballroom there, and they had a big cage set up where we could fly the drone safely inside. Uh, the Mavic Air is the drone that they announced, and it is, I've got to say, I reckon the drone that will get many people into droning. This is such a, a cool product, folding, as like the Mavic Pro, which is still available, has folding props, 
folds down to the size of an iPhone 8 Plus. Broadly. Well, you put it next to it, and yeah, a bit thicker than that, but you put them next to each other, not much bigger. And the case that it comes in is not much bigger than a sunglasses case when you think about it. Sunglass case, probably a fat sunglass case. You got a big head. <laughs> I but did, I get that. So a lot. the thing about it is, you know, I bought drones early on. I had a Phantom Two. Uh, I've had a Phantom Two, Phantom Three, Phantom Four. Mm, yeah. um, my Phantom Four is it a Four I've got or a Three Pro? I can't remember. Anyway. No, it's a 3 Pro. The yeah. Phantom 3 Pro that I've got um, hasn't been out of its case in probably a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a, a, it's a, it's a big unit. Drone. It's the original kind of DJI size drone. I'll never never get rid of it because it's it's going to be a good thing to keep for, for the future. But the Mavic Pro I loved when I reviewed it. I remember taking it to Fraser Island. Yeah. The, the DJI Spark I, I wouldn't buy because it was just it's a little bit of a, a toy to me, yeah. although it does a really good job. And it doesn't come with its own controller, so you've got to buy a controller for it if you don't want to control it on your phone. Yeah. The Mavic Air, though, has me tempted big time. $12.99 with a controller, $14.99 with the extra kind of fly now stuff, yeah. fly more stuff. Yeah, pretty tempted by that because it's – see, the thing about the Mavic is you can fit it in bloody any bag, so you could actually travel with it, yeah. whereas I need a whole extra backpack to travel with the the, the Phantom. Yeah, so totally, you know, the Mavic changed the game, and and the Mavic Pro, which I've got as well. I've got the Mavic Pro. I've recently bought the Inspire 2, which is a really big drone, but this Mavic Air is – such an easy drone to take anywhere. It's designed for you to say, put what, it in your bag. What and does it not go. do that the Pro does? Uh, what it's it's. I don't think the camera quality is as good as the as the Pro. Although the Pro, I don't think has the three axis gimbal. Yeah. I might be wrong. This has got a three axis gimbal. Um, this has also got faster write speeds. I think as well, so it can shoot four K at up to sixty frames per second HD. I'm not sure there's a compelling argument for a pro anymore. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't think so either. I think the um, the Air really has all these features. It's got internal memory as well as an SD card, micro SD card slot. Uh, it's got great manual control. So it has the gesture control, really responsive. I, fi- I found the Spark wasn't quite as responsive to the hand gestures. This is absolute pinpoint where you can control it. You, you spread your hands apart, it goes further away, bring them together, it comes closer. You can steer it around you in a, in a circle. Uh, you can you know, take your selfies, just to do the peace sign, takes a selfie photo, make a little square that takes a video. Uh, the quick shots are genius. I've been reviewing it this week. You can take professional-looking orbits and dronies and rocket shots. It, it is incredibly simple to use. It's one of those – it reminds me a bit of the the Karma, the GoPro, where it was designed for people who just want to focus on not having to learn how to be yes. a great drone pilot but, but still beautiful photography of themselves. Yeah, so this is this is going to tick the box for those people who – if who, who can take it away on trips and have that beautiful orbit shot of them standing in front of some massive natural wonder and their shots are going to look better than ever. Uh, really impressed with the ease of the use of that and how simply someone could just pick this up and fly it straight away. Yeah, it's, yeah uh, I, I'm... It's a cracker. Um, I am yeah. definitely price, price tempted wise, by it. It's, it's like you think about the Spark. I think it's down to six forty nine now. Mm. But if you want a controller, that's a, you know that's another two fifty. So you're looking at nearly a thousand bucks. This is twelve nine nine with a great drone, remote control. I think it's a spare. But if you want to pay better, you get a couple of spare batteries. Fourteen ninety nine gets you the yeah. Fly More, which is the extra batteries and stuff. And I think the Mavic Pro is still available. Mm. I think it starts at 
$13.99 or $14.99. So it's not much more expensive, but the Mavic Air, wow, the, the, the whole form factor is fantastic, flies really well, uh, and, and those quick shots and all the gesture control, brilliant. Check it out, techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we all know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Now there's the Arlo Pro and soon the Arlo Pro 2 with even more features, two-way audio, talk to your kids, talk to your pets, talk to people at the front door right from your smartphone. Quick charge, rechargeable batteries, solar panels are available now so you can keep these things constantly charged. I've got one Arlo. I've never had to open it uh, in, in a year because it's got solar power constantly. Night vision, live streaming, and Yes, still 100% wire-free and weatherproof. You can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. just takes a few minutes to set up and you're ready to go monitoring things from anywhere you are with a free app on your phone, tablet or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detecting and never miss a moment with free cloud recording for seven days. Visit arlo.com slash au. Arlo, the Arlo Pro range from Netgear, every angle covered. Now, you know, I love my Fetch TV, mate. I uh, have not got Foxtel anymore. I do have Foxtel now, uh, the streaming service. But I think Fetch is massively underrated in, generally because it's, you know, nearly 700 homes have got it. Um, they're not all 700,000. <clears throat> 700, not all of them are using it as a, you know, pay TV box. But yeah. the ability for any one of those people to switch it on as a streaming service box is pretty big. Yeah. For six bucks a month, you can get any of their packs. 20 bucks a month now gets you 49 channels. And the big news is they've now got Discovery Channel. Now, I don't want to get into the machinations of this, but essentially when Foxtel bought Ostar a few years ago, um, they were only allowed to do so by the ACCC if they um, did no, if they no longer signed exclusive contracts with channels. So essentially it's not legal, broadly speaking, I'm, I'm summarising here, for Foxtel to sign a channel like Discovery exclusively. Yeah. They can't. Yeah. So once these contracts end and get renewed at Foxtel, Fetch has a bite at them. So Fetch has now done a deal to get Discovery and TLC. Discovery is a cracker channel. A lot of people have Foxtel for Discovery and yeah. Sport. So I think there's a lot of people will be tempted by Discovery being Absolutely. on Fetch. I think there's a lot of Optus customers who have the EPL will now switch on, you know, the, the knowledge through pack Fetch. through can, Fetch. Can you only get Fetch through Optus? Optus no, and, and you can buy it at Harvey Norman. Okay, but, but you, you don't need to be an Optus customer to get it. No, and then you just no I'm with Aussie Broadband. Switch it in. No, don't drive us at all. Don't rub it in, mate. NBN. Yeah, yeah. I've got my Republic as well. As well. Is that good? Separate connection. Uh, no, not as good in my area. Um, because. Aussie Broadband, which, which we can talk about in a little bit, they've got some new uh, uh, variable data allowances. Well, let me just customers. finish on Fetch then. I mean, it's yeah, a great deal. Yeah. Discoveries come. So let's move on. Yeah. Um, you're right. So, but how many Discovery channels are there? Just, just, the just one? one. Just Discovery and so TLC. The main one. And then TLC. Here's another Discovery okay. branded channel, um, but it's called TLC. Well, what do you watch on TLC? I don't watch TLC, mate. Cares, yeah, it's women's stuff, I assume. Okay, women's never women's watched business. It. All right, oh, mate, it might not be, but okay. I've only ever watched Discovery. Discovery. Like have Shark Week and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Hey, cool. Yeah, bloody oath. Um, so while we're talking NBN, um, 
It's it's actually a really good point. Aussie Broadband and My Republic. I've got two connections, exact yeah. same house, exact same cable coming in. Meanwhile, sorry, just to interrupt you, but meanwhile, my Optus cable connection is virtually at a standstill as well, we speak. I'm sitting here tethered to my Netgear yeah, right. Telstra hotspot. I did warn Trevor before he came to the Tech Guide studio that uh, BYO internet because my Wi-Fi is uh, not not. Stand by for a rant at techguide.com.au. <laughs> yeah. uh, good luck, Optus. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting because um, Aussie Broadband's big thing is they have uh, connectivity, their own connectivity to every NBN POI, point of interconnect, which means they've got like 120 links around the country, which means they can manage the bandwidth, which is what you're suffering from now, bandwidth problems with Optus right here in your area. My Republic, in fact, the CEO of My Republic in Australia, the managing director, said to me once I connected, he said, look, just so you know, Yours is one of, I think, 20 areas where we're not yet fully connected. We will be in X number of months. So we, we don't have as high a speed as we'd like. So essentially, it, this is how important it is to choose the right telco. The telcos vary location to location, um, like telco to telco in the same house. It really makes a difference. So in my area, like my republics, I'm still getting 80, 85 meg, but I'm just not getting 95, right? And the difference is that they're sharing a link with someone else and it's congested. Mm -hmm. So when they get their own link in, it'll ramp up big time. Right. These are the questions people need to ask when they get the NBN. And what Aussie Broadband's done is go, right, yeah, they used to have a couple of plans. Now they've gone – remember when uh, Vodafone went for that MyMix thing where you can just recharge your phone and choose whatever the hell you wanted? They've essentially done that. They've gone, radio. you choose the speed – and then there's a sliding scale on their website that says, do you, want, do you want 100 gig of data, three terabytes? What do you want? And it tells you exactly how much it's going to cost. Isn't that smart? Because if you like, some of the plans are locked into, say, you know, 3,000 megabytes, like you're paying for stuff that you probably won't use. Yep. So they don't have unlimited plans, do they? No. So you, what, what's the top data limit? You I think can it's get? three terabyte now. Three terabyte. Would you? You would even watch a Netflix every day and night. You wouldn't go near three Mate, terabyte. We only stream at home now, obviously, yeah. because Amanda has Foxtel on the TV. Foxtel now. Foxtel now. Yeah. Um, she also watches a bit of Hey You yeah, yeah. on a phone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're pretty much only streaming. Kids only watch YouTube. And so you got three terabytes, and you haven't come close. No, I've only got you know I've only got two terabyte originally. I think I'm now down to one terabyte, and I'm uh, this month. I hit 80% with a week to go. So I'm going to be fine. Right. Mate, I know a terabyte's fine for me. If I was using Aussie sliding scale, I'd bump up to maybe 1.25. Right. So but can, see, okay, normally so instead of going to two terabytes or three, I can go, I, can, I want 1.1. Like you okay. can, that's how you can say, oh, I want 1,100 gigabytes. I understand too that if you're getting close to that, you can just pay an extra 10 bucks and go and just change it yep. to, to more data yeah. on the fly. Like it's a smart move. Yeah. Good stuff from Aussie Broadband. They're doing well, are they, Aussie Broadband? They're, yeah. they're really making some some cut through in the market where I think a lot of people, and I'm sure you've had these calls on the radio, I get them all the time, the, the, a lot of the complaints are coming from Telstra customers. Telstra customers who are sent an NBN modem router and customers thinking, oh, okay, well, this is the NBN, we better connect this yeah. now. And they get signed not up to the 12 meg plan, the slow yeah, plan. But not realising they, they had a choice. Yep. So there. Well, I'm, I'm going to be outright with you. This is one of the choices. I, I, I pay pretty close attention to the, the companies I get called about. And Telstra is the biggest ISP in the country, but I get more calls about Optus. Okay. They're rubbish. Okay. I can agree with you this week. Mate, I can't okay. recommend them. I'm, I'm sorry. I just Optus can't recommend NBN. them. Yeah. Because I've got to say, mate, and, I, and I've said it on the show many times, my Optus cable has been fantastic. I've, ha I've had 100 megabits per second speeds for years. Yeah. Before. Even when the NBN was announced, I had that already. Yeah. 
And but this week it's just there's a problem in in the area and it's just gone back to internet speeds from 1992. Well, I hope you're getting the right service, mate. If you need help, just yeah. call 13 12 83 any week. Not I'll pull hook you up with my man at Optus. Yeah. You're listening yeah. to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, I'm a big fan of audiobooks, Trevor, and I know, I know you don't actually read books in like in for using your eyes, but do you li- have you ever listened to books? I tried, but then I fell asleep, and I'm like, where do I get, where did I get up to? Where you, do I rewind to? Why don't you just try it while you're driving? You probably won't fall asleep. Oh, that that's boring. Oh, no way, mate. No, because let me just give you a clue. You in? There's probably a lot of people driving, listening to this podcast right now. Well, this is exciting. So yeah, so uh, audio podcasts and audio books. I love mainly the audio books. Over the summer, I've heard I'm in the middle of the Trump book, the Fire and Fury book, which is incredible. But I've heard I'm hearing a book a week. So audio books are really become well, people are more aware of it. And what doesn't hurt its chances are the campaigns they run to promote them. And and this week that campaign involved none other than Michael Bolton, the singer. The legendary singer, who yeah, people sort of he, he has been perceived as a bit of a punchline. People they he's essentially of, marketing he's, himself he's, as a punchline well, now. In this ad, or he's made an ad, and his hit song was uh, "Said I Loved You But I Lied." That that's the song. You can add if uh, post production you might want to add the song. No, but I have on, on on Tech Guide the YouTube video of the video he made. The parody of that song, which is "Said I Read You But I Lied," where the stats show that a lot of people lie about the books they've read. They borrow books from people, don't read them, give them back, saying, oh, yeah, that was great. And so they've made a joke about that, said I read you but I lied, I didn't have the time, so here you go. And it is shot in Sydney, and the whole thing is like a karaoke video where you can actually sing along with all the lyrics. It features a few local celebrities, little cameos, but it's a, such a great little promotion. And he, he did a performance at the Beresford last last week, or now early this week, I should say, and it was fantastic. He, he sang about five or six songs, had a great sense of humour, doesn't take himself seriously at all, brilliantly talented, but the very last song he sang was the song from, from Audible that we all sang along with the karaoke, and it was brilliant. Amazing campaign. So hats off to Audible. It's going to really bring attention to the fact that you can listen to books like you listen to music. That was kind of the message. Good work. Audible.com. The full story at techguide.com.au. Man, I've tried a lot of smart home products in my time. I've got a lot of smart home products at home. Yeah, Um, yeah, I do. I've got a couple. Um, A lot of them suffer from two things. One, difficulty to set up, or and or they just don't kind of work as advertised ongoing. So, mate, I – someone – this is a really – one of those weird things, you know, where it's sort of things come to you weirdly. This mm-hmm. product has apparently been advertised quite extensively on Facebook. I hadn't seen it, but I think my radio producer said something to me about it, and we'd gotten an email from a bloke who's selling this product in Australia. It's called Sensibo. Sensibo. So I said, well, send me one. I'll, I'll play with it. I've never reviewed a product so quickly in my life. Wow. Like, it, I was so impressed. By what does it do, Trevor? So I've got a split system air conditioner in my main cave, right? Okay. 
Okay. So it's, you know, the, the system inside the home, system outside the home, thus yep. it's split. It's got a remote control. You've seen me, you know, yep. change the temp. Yep. Um, it's not a smart system. It was an Actron system. The whole ducted system I got put in the home is smart, Wi-Fi yep. connected, but the little split system's not not Wi-Fi enabled. Yes, you can buy those now from LG and people like that, but most people listening to us have probably got either a portable air conditioner in the corner or one up on the split system on the wall, and they've got a little remote control, yeah. right? Yep. Any air conditioner that uses a, an infrared remote, works with this system. It is a small little box, mate, size of a couple of matchboxes, plugs into USB power, comes with a power cord. I've sat it on the wall. I've just blue tacked it on, but it's got a sticky thing or hang it on a whatever. Um, anyway, it's just sit it on the wall or just in the room with your air conditioner. You turn it on. You use the app. It connects to it you know, via Wi-Fi. It finds your Wi-Fi network. Done. And then you get your remote control for your air conditioner and you point it at it and you, probe, you press the power so button, which learns. tells it, learns which, which yeah, air wow. conditioner you got. And from that point on, mate, I can control my air conditioner oh. anywhere, anytime. So right here, mate, I can, I'm showing Stephen here. I think I've, oh, I might have unplugged it at home because I was charging something. Sensor bar. Mate, it is unbelievable, right? I need so one. I can open this up. And I can turn the air conditioner on. I can turn it off. I have this feeling I turned it off at home while I was charging my laptop. It's disconnected. Um, um, But I can turn it off, turn it on. But also, and I can control the temperature and everything. I haven't touched the remote in ages. But here's the kicker. I've left my air conditioner on many times. Like I'm at work, you work late and you just yeah. walk out and you go to bed. Yep. Like you, sometimes we walk out to the fridge and you go, bugger, I'm going to go to bed. But I didn't go back in and turn the aircon off. I've come yeah. in in the morning, the room's at 21 degrees okay. and it's cost me a thousand bucks. I've, this thing has a, a couple of things on it. It has a timer, so you can just set it up. So every yeah. night, my air conditioner turns off at 10.56 p.m. Done. Okay. If it's on, it turns off. But also it has what they call climate react. If my man cave gets to 27 degrees, air conditioner turns on no matter whether I'm there or not, awesome. which for me is important because there's computers and stuff in there, right? Yep. But if, if the temperature in there gets to 23 degrees, it automatically turns off because, mate, I don't That's need right. the air conditioner on well, at 23 degrees. The situation in the Fennec household is we've got ducted air conditioning mm. and the control panel is upstairs on the landing upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a – there's a controller under the stairs here that I take off the little little bracket and I've got to walk halfway up the stairs and point it oh at Oh, my God, it's infrared. Yeah. So this is for you, mate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I need, I need this. I, I will get this. Review it. So put me in touch with your people. Oh, I will, mate, because it is definitely review. You, I, I, I maybe. I, I asked my wife. I said, Have you, "Is the air conditioning still on? Uh, do you, can you turn off?" Uh, and I'm going to get up and actually physically walk to the controller and do it. I don't want to overstate it, but <laughs> no, I'm I'm being genuine here. Awesome. And we we talk. We get to see a lot of products, mate. Yeah, yeah. And. I love this thing. $159 at Harvey Norman. So yeah. it's not some weird thing you've got to bloody kickstart. Yeah, right. $159 bucks at, at Harvey Norman. I've had a lot of emails from people who've bought it and, awesome. and want it and those kind of things. Okay. So, yes, I will put you in touch. Please. Um, and, and I want to know because, hey, it's great that you've got a ducted system that has yeah. a remote. It's very yeah. rare. Most people have got the, the touch panel well, on the wall. Most people have a touch panel on the wall with their ducted system, which means that you can't use it because if your remote does not have infrared, so if you've just got one of those panels on the wall, it won't work. So Stephen's just gone and grabbed his remote control. Bingo, mate. That's uh, that's that's one hundred percent. Yep. So what I got to point it. So so the, the 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 bit at the front here has got the little LED. The yep. infrared beam comes out. Yep. Point it at the sensor bow. It'll right, learn yeah. it, and then boom. From that moment on, you'll be able to control the temperature, the timer, wow. and set a whole. And plus, that's it's plus it's integrated with Alexa and Google Home. So you can say, Hey, Google, turn on the air conditioner. Really? Yeah. That's you know what. 
That's smart. Out of the box, That's real smart, 159 bucks. And I'm telling you, there's people listening to us now that want to have those smart things. Yeah. You know when we talk about Google Home and Alexa and you go, yeah. oh, you can try your light globes. You know, that's a cool thing. But I reckon air conditioner is better than light globes. That's a great product because you hear a lot of American customers can buy the thermostat. Maybe yes. they were selling thermostats. Yes, we didn't have it. We don't have that. Well, this is as close to that as you can get. A final thing I'd say is, in a Fennec example, you and Joe, you're down at the beach, you're walking the dogs, and you go, bloody hell, it's hot today. Oh, hang on. Turn the aircon on. on when you get home, get home, she's cool. Man, that's amazing. Plus, plus geolocation, when you and Joe, so you can program it so both of you have left the area, air conditioner Turn off. Turn it off. Please get me in touch <laughs> with them. That'll definitely It's called Sensibo, S-E-N-S-I-B-O, oh, and you can it? check it out at EFTM.com. It is 159 bucks at Harvey Norman. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All righty Stephen. It is time for your minute reviews, and you're kicking it off, mate, with, geez, mate, the smartphone space is so congested, but there's so much good stuff. Oppo's uh, R11s. Yeah, this is a new smartphone from Oppo, uh, an upgrade from their previous model. Still looks like an iPhone inside and out, <laughs> but they have added some smarts here. So they've sort of the design's a little slicker. There's a an R11s and an R11s Plus. The R11s Plus is only like 0.3 of an inch bigger than the other model, so I don't know whether it's worth the extra cash. But mm. you know, six six inch, six inches versus six point four three inches. So I'm not sure wow. if uh, and price. Sorry. So yes, yeah, six six fifty nine for the smaller, seven seven nine for the larger. Yeah, I mean it's it's the larger the, has a bigger battery. It's at the upper like end of that mid tier, right? Yeah, it well, is, and I think of, it's for people who don't want a sort of a, a entry level, but don't. Can't quite afford a an iPhone or a Samsung. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough market though because uh, once you decide not to get the thousand dollar phones, you pretty much can be satisfied with four or five hundred dollar phones. So it's really got to be compelling to spend the the extra to go to nearly seven hundred. So, mate, it's super thin though, isn't it? it? Is it's nice. just yeah, great. No, it's really slick. thin phone, unibody phone, and uh, but it is unashamedly an iPhone clone, right? In mm. terms of the design, like the back of it looks like an iPhone. 8 plus or a 7 plus even the camera interface is almost identical so the the operating system looks very much like iOS so much so that it's the only user interface that you know android you sweep down from the bottom to get your settings mm. that doesn't work on this phone you've got to actually press the settings button like you do on an iPhone mm. but that aside, it does have some great features. The camera is remarkable. 16 and 20 megapixel lenses on the back, cameras on the back. 16 for the bright images, 20 megapixels handles the, the low light stuff. Front-facing camera, 20 megapixel resolution. The front camera also has facial recognition technology that has more than that establishes more than 250 points of recognition on your face. And it uses that as face ID. Now, the only other phone that we've had with accurate face ID is the iPhone X, and that works really well. This works, I think, faster. Now, Oppo claims 0.08 of a second it can recognise your face. Now, I don't have very technical measuring uh, timers to, to, to time that, but it worked really fast in my opinion, mm. so fast that you all you have to do is hold it up and then you're looking at the home screen. Dark, blank screen, and, and home it's, screen. You know what's it's fascinating to me that, I believe Oppo had the best fingerprint recognition for many years, right? It was fast, always yes, fast. Yes. And it was also always 
fingerprint into home screen. There was no there yes. was no um, unlock required. So I love that they have made that same measure important to them with the facial recognition. Now, I don't know, first and foremost, whether there's any um, you know, banks will accept their facial recognition as payment and that kind of stuff. Not that I know. I don't know that it's not got that, that level of no. security. Maybe not. Um, it's more of a convenience thing, as is um, you know, facial recognition on a Samsung phone well, as opposed I, I, to Iris. I tried to fool it. Like, you know how the S8, remember the story with the S8 was you could have a high-res photo and yeah. they'd unlock your phone? I tried to fool it with a photo of myself yeah. and it kept saying, Face ID fail, face ID fail. Okay. And then when I turned it to my actual face, it unlocked straight away. Okay. So I tried to fool it, didn't, wouldn't have a bar of it. Uh, so that worked really well. But my only, my only thoughts on that was the, the problem is that the minute you look at the phone, the second you look at the phone, it's unlocked. If you want to just look at the time really quick, and if you just glance at it, it's unlocked and put it back in your pocket – it's unlocked in your pocket. You could butt dial someone. You could open an app. You open. I opened it up one time. The camera was all activated, and so it's so quick. Whereas you know when you unlock the iPhone 10 with Face ID, it just the padlock just unlocks, and you got to slide up to the home screen. With this, there's there's none of that. You just straight to the home screen. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. Uh, yeah, well, some it might with me. It opened up apps, and I had the camera open. Although I have become anyway. a real fan of just looking at the iPhone and, and then unlocking your notifications, for example. Yes. You know how they're they're hidden yes. and then you you look at them they and they are, they're yeah. readable. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, that's it's good. a nice looking phone. Though. I'm assuming JB Hi-Fi. Uh, yeah, JB Hi-Fi, uh, you can also get it through Optus. The camera is great. I've got some examples of the images on, on the phone. Really sharp, really bright and colourful. Uh, and and n- not lot, like, you know, a lot of phones, and I say this a lot with the Samsung phones, that the, the device flatters the quality of the image. On this device, the images actually look good off the phone as well. So right. you, you know you're getting a quality image, really detailed. Uh, doesn't have NFC. Still has a micro USB slot, so it, it makes it look like it was made in 2014, this phone, rather than 2018. No NFC, so no, 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 NFC, no Google Pay. No, it has, a lot of Apple phones don't have NFC, and they don't have USB-C yet, but the old micro USB, uh, and it's not water-resistant either. So, yes, it's a bit cheaper than other devices. There are phones that are cheaper than this that do have NFC, that do have water resistance, but Oppo has chosen not to include it. But if you if you want to buy it just for the sheer strength and quality of the camera, this really delivers in that department. Check it out, techguide.com.au. And Stephen, you've been hitting the links, mate. I have with the Garmin X10 Approach. Now, this is – it looks more like a Fitbit. So it looks like more like a, a, a fitness a, a step counter. But it's actually a golf GPS band, so it can actually – it's got more than 41,000 golf courses built in. So you can step onto a golf course anywhere around the world. It'll recognize where you are. What that number's gone up by like ten or 11,000 oh, in the last it's, couple it's of years. Incredible. It? It's a device that's – it's about the size of a Fitbit Alter. Of, no, Fitbit Charge 2, mm. a bit bigger than the Alter. But it's got a screen big enough for you to see the distance to the green, front, back of the green. It can even give you a little diag- little image of the green, the shape of the green, which you can then position the pin to suit that day's play. Uh, so it can give you like layup lengths, tell you where all the hazards are, measure your shots as well. So you know that you hit a six iron 120 metres, it can say, yep, that's consistent. So it gives you better shot selection. Anything that can shave some some shots off your game, people are going to be interested in. The Approach X10 uh, it delivers all that. I, I, I say it's like having a caddy on your wrist. It gives you all this information on the course that you've got to actually try and find yourself. So it does really help a golfer right in, in the middle of their round. 
discount. It's $249 and it's available for this month. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, uh, I'll see you again in Rome. We will. Roman, uh, have, have you been to Rome before? Yeah, oh, years, years ago. Me too. It's been, yeah. I think I did Rome as part of my honeymoon. Haven't if you recorded the Trevi Fountain. Why not? Or the Vatican. See, we've got the, the Vatican. If the Pope would have volunteered to be third bloke talking tech, would we include him on the list? No, nah, I think it'd be too polarizing. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I'd rush him. him. I'd include him. No, nah, mom, no, nah, it's got to be unanimous here. Yeah, okay. Geez, you're a tough, you're a tough judge, mate. No, I just think it'd be polarizing for our non-Catholic listeners. Well, it's the Pope though, like. Oh, mate, what's he know about tech? Okay, he's got a Twitter account. That's it. Okay. What about the Trumpy? Would you get Donald Trump on the, on the yeah, show? Yeah, bloody oath. That'd be Trumpy. gold. That'd be a great podcast. It'd be huge. Unanimous? Huge. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No. Be, say, believe me. It'll be right, yeah. So Pope's out. out. Trump's in. Trump. We know Turnbull's in. We, we, we accept Turnbull. Yeah, we need to throw. I, don't, I think we need to maybe work to try to get him on the show before. You've got to remind me. I'll, I'll send some yeah, emails. Yeah. We'll make yeah, it happen. No, we'll too. go down I, to Canberra. I know, press, and, I know his press guy. I've spoken to him a couple of times. Um, we'll, hap- we'll make it happen. Okay. And it'll be an NBN special. It'll be NBN. That would have to be the subject of it. The majority of it would have to be NBN and maybe ask him what his own personal, you know, is he Apple or Android, Mac, PC? He's Apple, mate. It's all Apple. He's he's always had his iPad at the press conference. Apple Watch, he's got the lot. Malcolm Trumbull. Trumbull. Yeah, you know, there's other stories. Um, Any other celebrities? He's got Apple Watch, does he? Yeah, yeah, he's got Apple Watch, yep. Do you have to pay for that, you reckon? Oh, for sure, for sure. Otherwise, he has to declare everything as a politician. Really? Yeah, 100%. So we'd be no good as politicians then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Back next week. 